Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Put that thing back where it came from, or so help me! Welcome to Making a Disney Fan Podcast. And as you can tell from my two awesome quotes, we are talking about (laughs) Monsters Incorporated. I am here with... Oh, let's figure this out, who I'm here with. Uh, I'm thinking I'm here with Mike Wazowski. Interesting. Yeah, what do you think, Sarah? I was going to say you two are Sully and Mike, but I was going to put it the other way. Brandon, Sully, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Zach, Mike. Well, I resemble that remark because I am a very tiny person, but... It's it's not (laughs) size related. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I don't know. I could see Brandon... I don't know, having some kind of moments with as Mike, like, oh, those were alphabetized. Okay. <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. Just like the certain neuroses that Mike has. Yeah. That's fair. I am fairly neurotic sometimes. I was thinking <laughs> along the lines of Brandon is the more calm, level-headed one. Maybe Zach's a little wilder, a little crazier. Uh, well, I was going to put you as Sully. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know... You are can be calm and collective, and then your par- parental instinct as well is there. And, yeah, I just, that, that's kind of who I saw you as this time. I'll take it. You know, I definitely couldn't see you as, as Celia. <laughs> that's good. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's, I don't know, she doesn't seem all that bright. In, <laughs> she's in, kind in of the, the damsel in distress character. Yeah, kind which of, you are not. No. Well, I'll try not to be anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh do you agree with that one, Brandon? I I don't know. I'm not I'm not so sure if I get sully vibes out mm. of out of Sarah. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not quite sure where I would put her in the spectrum of the film. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Totally a Randall, I'll, right? Randall? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're Rand- <laughs> Well, as long as you guys don't make me one of the janitors. <laughs> I almost want to say boo because like you've always had this weird sense of like childlike wonder about the world. That's just describing me now. Uh, Do you want to be boo, Zach? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've all seen me with the magician at our school Christmas parties. That's that's true. That's pretty much where I get that. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, side note, total total um, off track, but. That magician hit on me after Booth. Like, he reached out to me on Facebook and messaged me to, like, be like, hey, what are you up to for the summer? Oh, yeah, that's cool. This is what I'm doing. Lame. But Tyler and I were together at that point, so shut it down. It's like Howard Wallowitz level. Yeah, I was like... That is really funny. I was like, I think you have misconstrued my excitement here. I was not excited (laughs) about you as a person. No offense. It's your magic. (laughs) It's just the magic. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is really funny. Uh, 
All right. So who do you guys want to make me then this this episode? My vote was going to be Mike. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sticking to it. Yeah, that's... All right. All right. <laughs> well. I think, like, beyond, like, the high energy, excitable, like, Mike is a... I mean, he goes through a selfish phase, and I wouldn't call you selfish, but he is a supportive friend. He's there for Sully. He's building him up. He's making sure that he can reach his goals, and that's the kind of person that you are, so... <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Part part of me was thinking abominable snowman would have been yeah, was was like thinking for myself but he prefers the adorable snowman actually. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the agreeable snowman. <laughs> In uh Monsters at Work, the TV show, they just call oh. him adorable. Oh, yeah. That's his name. I actually I actually <laughs> did watch watch that one. That one's a good show. Didn't mm. even know it had a show. It's new. Like, yeah. in the last Disney year, Plus. I think. Okay. Yeah, Daisy really likes it, so I've seen it hmm. several times. <laughs> All right. So, now that we are in the mood talking about Monsters Incorporated, let's uh, talk about our memories and what was Daisy's reaction to this movie. I guess from what, what you've described there, she seems to have already seen it a couple times before. Oh, so many times. For a while, Monsters, Inc., Monsters University, and Monsters at Work were the, the, loop, the loop at our house. We go through <laughs> different loops. We were in the Toy Story loop for a while. There was the Encanto loop, which at least it's with Toy one. Story and Monsters, Encanto? there's multiple. Yeah, we watched Encanto multiple times a day for like a month. <laughs> uh, but Monsters, she was really into for a while. Yesterday, I got her back into it a little bit. Because I was like, well, I have to watch Monsters, Inc. So I was like, do you want to watch this? And she got excited about it. So <laughs> She likes every part of it, except she knows after the opening number, there's the scene where they're doing the simulation, but it's mm-hmm. like scary at first because the monster's mm-hmm. creeping in. And it, air quotes, scares her. Yeah. She started getting <laughs> scared of that before she knew what being scared was. So she just like whimpers and like hugs me. And then I'm like, do you want to skip it? And she's like, no. So, but otherwise, she just loves it. All right, Brandon. That's funny. Um, I remember seeing Monsters, Inc. I'm actually fairly certain I saw it in theaters. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I do think I saw it in theaters. I can't remember too much about it, to be honest, except that for some reason, when I was young... I used to think the line, I'm watching you, Wazowski, always watching, was like the funniest (laughs) I've ever heard. (laughs) And I don't know why that was the line that connected the way it did, but I like, I quoted that at school daily. Did did you do the voice? Yeah, every time. You have to do the voice. You have have to do the voice. Can you do the voice now? No, I can't do the voice now. But, (laughs) But I... That is literally my only memory about it, pretty much, until, like, rewatching it now. Uh, I just don't know why that line was so funny to me. <laughs> okay, so, now that I know that this is, like, your first time for a while and you don't really remember much, yeah. I have to ask you, after our Toy Story 2 episode and you kind of knew that Prospector Pete was the villain, yeah. did you suspect the CEO guy yeah. as being bad guy? Instantly. The second he walks on screen, first off, he's lit like a movie villain. They Mm -hmm. give him horror movie lighting. Second off, he's a freaking spider. It's just of all the creatures to elicit fear from people, 
that's just one that seems to be like one of the most pure of like evil and like of evil intent. So of course, yeah. of course, the darkly lit spider is the bad guy in well, the end. And even worse than a spider, he's like a crab lobster spider thing. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's his legs aren't just eight of them. They like could stab you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, yeah. For some reason, when I was younger, it actually came as a surprise to me. Oh, I'm sure it came as a surprise no. to me too. I was very naive. Yeah. I mean, maybe when I was like maybe, a kid, yeah, that... maybe it surprised me then. But like watching it this time and stuff, like I, I knew, like I think we said the second he came on is like how to tell he's a bad guy because <laughs> he's lit like a villain from the very first second we meet him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Okay, so on to my memories. I. I don't remember specifically going to the theater for this, but I'm pretty darn sure that I did. Makes sense. Because um, I was 11 at the time, and I was already, like, super in love with Disney at that point. Um, mind you, I, this this one was 2001, I believe, right? Yes. Um, I think the same year or around that time was, like, Atlantis. I just remember being so insanely excited for Atlantis. That's, I love Atlantis. Like, that is a memory that I specifically remember. Yeah. But yeah, Monsters Inc. I I just pretty sure I saw it in theaters, and it was one of the first DVDs that we owned. Mm. After my dad impulsively bought a DVD player when my mom was out of town. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, yeah, my kids also really enjoy this one. They don't fight me when I put this one on, so that's that's a plus. Nice. That's good. Um, okay. So yeah, those those are our memories and Daisy's reactions. So on to our newbie recap. All right, what's up, guys? It's your boy. Uh, talk about Monsters Inc. So let's get into it. Um, basically, we got Mike Wazowski, we got Sully. They're monsters in a world of monsters that rely on children's screams for their electricity. So they have this like magic door world where they go through doors and that come out like children's bedrooms and they scare them and they get electricity and that's kind of how the world survives. And like the humans are all bad, like they're not allowed to touch humans or they're all scared of humans or they think humans are infectious. It's not really entirely clear just that they don't like or they're scared of humans, which is ironic because they're the monsters scaring the humans, you know, um, so humans are bad, uh, but then there's Boo, who's like this little girl that's in a bedroom that Sully goes to go scare, and she just gets like attached to him, like hangs off of his fur, and he brings her into the monster world, then has to hide her from his boss and stuff, because they're all scared of humans. There is a weird scream machine side story <laughs> that kind of just comes out of nowhere and is entirely useless. Um, but sure, they're using machines to suck out children's screams. It's horrifying. Yeah, I don't quite get what they're doing. Anyway, they're like, find out the villains. They like, try to, whatever, there's this huge door chase in the end, but it's all good. Everything gets figured out. They trick the CEO into revealing he's a bad guy, which, like we said, knew from the very second. It is in completely obvious it's yeah so the bad guy turns out to be the bad guy big surprise uh then he gets to send boo back to her like door and he like smiles while she goes to bed 
And that's Monsters, Inc. Um. Fastest <laughs> summary yet. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not bad. Oh, no, I, th- I think I think Dumbo, he did pretty darn fast, too. Hmm. Did he Dumbo? Dumbo's pretty easy. <laughs> Elephant has big ears. Elephant is sad. There's some sadness. And then everything's a little happier. And he flies. And he flies. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there is some good things right off the bat about this movie. Uh, Billy Crystal, John Goodman, love yeah. them both. I love Billy Crystal as an Oscars host. Not so sure I'd want him most hosting my Oscars like today, hmm. but like the years with which we had Billy Crystal as an Oscars host, love it. Oh, he's John so good. Goodman is just such a talented actor in everything mm-hmm. that he does. He's always got like this really strong presence about him in every role. And you throw him into like an animated voice character, especially one that has a fatherly presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. Yeah. So good. It's it's good. So the voice is very good. Jennifer Tilly as Celia. I I just like Jennifer Tilly's voice, honestly. Been a big fan of Jennifer Tilly's voice, just that like really high pitched Mm-hmm. Jennifer Tilly voice. I don't even know what else to call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I also think she's pretty cool playing. She's like the the bride of Chucky and all the the Chucky movies. I think she's a World Series of Poker champion as huh. well. Interesting. Which is pretty dope. So I just I love Jennifer Tilly in the movie. It's a nice random thing that I forgot about. <laughs> um. Not her only Disney role either. I guess we'll get to that. Um. And then. The uh, like the main good thing here is the animation. Mm-hmm. Um, like they Boo is adorable. First off, let's oh. just let's just get the the obvious out in the open. Mm-hmm. Boo is Boo is adorable. It's just how it works. She's cute. She does her job as a tiny little child. It's it's perfect. But I want to focus on Sully's fur. Yeah, because like they had to have animated that so tediously because yeah. it's like the fur has a life like it is mm-hmm. well not yeah. like a life but it's well, like super realistic and it's like you can see every strand of the fur yeah uh, i think like the pixar movies so far have shown the greatest amount of development throughout oh, the totally. movies oh yeah. yeah like we're at the middle of like whatever episodes blank on the classics and like it's still the same classics yeah but, like, Pixar has been, like, the three or four we've done so far have, like, big developments. Well, you can almost, role. like, sure. with with each uh, Pixar film, they actually do, usually develop an entirely new software spe- for very specific purposes. Yeah. For that one, it's, it was the biggest achievement is Sully's fur. Yeah, yes. I'll be talking that about a, that in uh, my yeah. segment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's great animation. It's good to see Pixar kind of like up themselves every single time. Every mm-hmm. time. Uh, which is good. I don't know if that balances out in the future. Uh, like I can't tell by memory, but like I'm not sure if that kind of plateaus, but I it's think, nice for now. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point they just changed their style. Hmm. Like some Pixar so, movies are Yeah, totally some of their different. recent ones have yeah. like one of them, uh, the recent one, Luca, I would compare yeah. as a... As a computer animated ghibli film yeah that's what i was thinking too luke is a very different style than other pixar movies interesting yeah because you can computer uh, generate something to be entirely real it's like suit like like you look at movies like um the lion king 
uh, even though I hate it, um, or <laughs> or Jungle Book. Yeah. And things yeah. like where the entire world appears to be realistic, but it is compu- entirely computer animated. Yeah. So in order to keep the animated aesthetics of it, you can go with stylized. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um... So yeah, so that's that's what I really liked about Monsters University. Let's get into, uh, let's get into the rest here. You mean Monsters Inc. What did I say? University. Oh, <laughs> University. Sucks. We are very far <laughs> away from that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a ways away. So Monsters Inc. Let's get into the uh, the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So my question is: there is a clearly romantic relationship between Mike Wazowski and Celia. <laughs> So I'm guessing you know where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, I think so. How? Yeah. <laughs> I don't How? know. How? There. Mike is naked the entire movie. Mike never wears clothes except maybe a Monsters Inc. hat. Yeah, I was gonna say he wears a hat. <laughs> Let's call it a, a grade school relationship. <laughs> I what? So they just first base for the rest of the life? Like, like I don't know. Who knows what Celia's situation's like? But like, Mike clearly has nothing yeah he's like just one big eyeball with legs and arms so how (laughs) it's just an open-ended question for the viewers to think about um another big one for me where do the doors come from like when new kids are born how do they birth doors the doors build doors the doors are made at the university they're made at the university, but how does that like? How do they connect to like new children? Do they, do they have someone like waiting for a newborn kid, and they make a door that's equivalent to their bedroom door, and that they then magically enhance as a gateway to the human world? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, straight up, not even to be annoying. I think it is just magic. It's magic in the world of the monsters. They make a door, and it connects to a kid's room. I guess, but does that mean, like, there's, like, a backlog of doors? Like, there's kids waiting for monster doors, and they're just, like, making the doors, but there's more kids being born than they have doors for? Could be. So there are, like, some kids that don't get doors till they're, like, 14. I imagine in the world of Monsters, Inc. that Monsters, Inc. is not it. Like, we know Mm -hmm. that there's more than one university, because they talk about it in Monsters University. Sure. But I imagine it's like our real world, where there's places all around the world that make the same thing. Mm, Like, they probably make different doors in different places. They may connect to all over the world. Like, obviously, Mike and Sully end up going to the mountains. Clearly not. Although, we don't know where Monsters, Inc. is located. We assume America, but... Yeah. I like their another own dimension yeah it's basically another yeah. dimension but the america of their dimension of their dimension but maybe yeah monsters are making doors everywhere <laughs> um there's some like plot stuff that i'm just i think why is boo not scared of sully it's established that she's scared of randall mm-hmm. so randall's cl- terrified so she clearly has fear for monsters why would a much bigger monster coming out of her thing just be funny to her all of a sudden? I imagine, like, Randall's trying to scare her. Yeah. Whereas Sully goes in completely innocent. He's not trying to be scary. And he's just a big, furry guy. Like, she thinks he's a cat. And like, she's, yeah. like, and, a two-year-old girl. She, and yeah, again... I, mean, like, I have like, one. They're yeah. not that smart. <laughs> yeah, like like you were saying, 
Sarah is just like he was off. He's off duty when he went in. So yeah. when, when Mike or when Sully wants to be scary, he is. Yeah, she's like, scared of him later when she sees him. And she, yeah, she's absolutely well, terrified well, yeah, of him when but he does I'm that. I'm just saying, like, how does a child be like so terrified of monsters in the closet and then not terrified of one like? Oh, another monster out of my closet, but this one's probably fine. Mm-hmm. You've clearly not seen what the openness of what a two-year-old can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, think it's also like she clear she's not in her bed when he walks in, so she's clearly up. She can see behind him, like, oh, this isn't my closet. Like, this is a new place to explore. Oh, look at this big cat. Like, she's curious and learning mm-hmm. rather than being woken up by this terrifying creature scaring her yes yeah, sometimes toddlers really surprise you by what they are not scared of oh, yeah. <laughs> um on that note though like can sully seriously not feel a kid clinging on his back fur right that part like, i agree with you on like he's got to feel the weight of her yeah like he just walks out and, and she's like she's clinging on his fur like he doesn't feel that at all yeah like not a little bit. Also, Boo when like when they have her like in the costume and she's walking around, is is obvious. Like it's not even like how stupid are these people in this build in this business? Like the kids running around making human noises, doing human stuff. Yeah. Like he- her like head pops off like a few times. Like yeah, I think in that moment people are just uh, wanting to not believe it. Maybe. I guess, yeah. They are all pretty preoccupied, too, because they know there's a human somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd think they'd be a little more um, mm-hmm. careful to look at the kids that are coming into the building, but I guess they probably assume, like, Sully's not going to hide a human. He's our star mm-hmm. player. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about the convenience of laugh power. Mm-hmm. Um, a, it's hella convenient for them. Uh, I need to power up the doors in the end for the chase. Just make her laugh. Blah, 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 blah. I would like to point out that she laughs a good few times before that gets pointed out and nothing happens. Mm. So, like, what is what is the trend? What is the transition? Like, why? Where does like screaming and laughing? Like, how does it? What is it? What is it in these two things that is causing the electricity? Mm. I guess because like. Also, why didn't it work at the beginning? If it only works, like, selectively, I don't understand it. <laughs> so, like, it just feels like when there's no, like, connection to it, it just feels like it's there just for plot convenience. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, now we don't have to scare kids. It's a kid's movie. We make them laugh now. Hmm. Billy Crystal tries his stand-up, which, like, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to wake up to, but it'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Well, you could tell by the kid's face. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think laugh power is just very convenient. And you're telling me no one in the history of, like, monsters ever figured that out? Like, not once? They have all these kids. They go in and like, oh, they're not scared of us anymore. Those kids never laughed at the dumb monster coming out when they're not scared? (laughs) Like, after the one uh, in in the opening... When he trips and falls on the jacks? No, uh, that one was a uh, robot. But um, when uh, the guy says, like, the kid almost touched me. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
no no kid ever laughed i could have died in the in the years that they've been doing this no kid ever laughed for them to figure that out i guess not yeah Uh, i i see what you're saying it's not super plausible no it's just like how'd you not figure this out and why is it selectively used throughout the movie um uh another really really big one is how does no one notice boo's gone yeah i've always questioned that she's gone for a long time she's gone for like a day like at least a whole day at least a a two-year-old gone for a day yeah the only explanation i have for it is maybe it's like narnia where you go into narnia and no time passes in the real world that is the only only possible that's definitely the yeah only plausible explanation because like how did nobody realize that boo was gone yeah because her parents would be in a panic yeah like and if she just minds. showed up in her bedroom, the FBI would be on top of Sully in a second. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I definitely am with you on that one. But I think it must just be a different passage of time. I'm watching Narnia right now with my, <laughs> my teen class at church. Yeah. So it's, like, very in the front of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah. I, I just... How? Yeah. Uh, it's got It's got to be the only way. Like, yeah. that's got to be the only explanation because yeah. if not they're terrible parents <laughs> absolutely like just hands down terrible parents um okay so ending happened everything's like fine we're like making the kids laugh um i, I they list like there's a shot on the wall there's a thing where it says like the first rules of comedy or whatever oh yeah the first rule of comedy is don't hit the child <laughs> <laughs> Just don't hit the child. What if it's funny, though? I don't know. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't hit my child, I promise. That's good. Okay. Uh, Um, I want to read the entire list now. What is the list? Okay. uh, Okay. uh, Don't howl at your own jokes. (laughs) Dang Uh, it. I'm out. (laughs) uh, Tentacles, funny. Razor sharp claws, not funny. Fair. Uh, four multiple heads should uh, sp- speak one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no claws for tickling. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Scared kids don't laugh. Fair. Uh, try not to hurt the audience. Uh, always keep sharks sharp spikes in. Mm. Uh, you won't get a get a laugh if you don't take a bath. Oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they don't uh, want to stink. Never let them see you slobber. And <laughs> I think the first rule was actually a punchline doesn't mean hit the child. Oh, punchline oh. doesn't mean hit the child. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so I, much like that. <laughs> I like Don't that hit the kid. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then to finish this off, let's bring out the obvious point here. We need to know what happens to Boo and Sully. Nobody gives a about Monsters University. Like, that is why. You're going to come up with a sequel. Why? Nobody needs to know what happened 20 years before the one the movie we care about. Like, n- nobody cares about you, you know, you, Monsters U. It is useless. I liked it at one point, but after watching this movie, I just don't think it needs to exist. I kind of concur. Well, and Monsters at Work is a continuation. Like, literally, it's the next day 
after Monsters, uh, yeah, and it, it takes place between essentially yeah the the ending when the door gets shredded and when the door when it gets opened see yeah that's what we wanted like yeah. out of a sequel you took 15 years or but whatever no to make a sequel it. and you gave us a prequel that was like all right but mm-hmm. really that is not the story anybody wanted coming out of this movie yeah i kind of concur with that I yeah. personally love Monsters University, it's a, but like, that's okay. We can disagree. Yeah. Is no, I'm not even saying it's a bad movie because it's not. Like I liked it at one point. Like mm-hmm. it's not a bad movie. It's just that is not the movie that needed to be made. Like we did not need a university thing. We needed a what happened to Boo and Sully movie. Uh, there's this one really cool uh, Tumblr thing I saw where like a, a fanfic sequel. Nice. Yeah. Where it was like. Boo in university, but she gets a roommate, and her roommate has a pet, and the roommate is Lilo, and the pet is Stitch, <laughs> and then, and then cut when they're in like their dorm rooms, there's like a scuffle, and then all of a sudden like uh, Stitch is gone and like taken through the closet, and just like what the heck happened to the to my uh, to my pet dog or to to Stitch, and then like Boo like. Oh, I have experience with this. It happened when I was a little kid. Interesting. (laughs) Crossover movie. I love fan fiction. (laughs) It's so great. Yeah. Fan Fan fiction fiction is so weird sometimes. Oh, 100%. And sometimes terrible, but sometimes just as good as the source material. Yeah. I read a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I like fan fiction. I just find it always gets out of hand, mm-hmm. and I just don't like reading that stuff, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm totally cool finding out, like, hey, what happens after Buffy or whatever? Like, let's read some Buffy. It always goes to bad places. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not interested in any of this. Like, why can't we just write fan stories? <laughs> <laughs> At least I, I'd like the Tumblr ones where they're nice and short. Tumblr? Uh, <laughs> Tumblr? <laughs> Is, is Tumblr still exist? Yep. <laughs> wow. I, I just, well, I don't actually go onto Tumblr. I see that the Tumblr posts get like okay pictures and put onto Facebook. Yeah. Hmm. So I see like those with like fan pages and stuff that come up onto my feed. That's fair. Yeah. So that's where I saw like the post for the ten rules of comedy from Monsters <laughs> Monsters Inc., which is uh, yeah, of course it's hilarious. Yeah. And nobody's like, who reads that? True. It's one of those things, like, where, you know, this is why the internet, like, one of the benefits of why the internet is there. Yeah. Yeah. One of the benefits, not one of the many, many bad things Mm. about the internet. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, any more things to add, Brandon? That's all for me. All right. That was, uh, yeah, nice and, nice segment, Brandon. Yeah. All right. So on to the deep dive with myself. Um, so one thing I want to talk about is the originality of this film. I think that like just the thought processes of like, hey, there's a monster world, but this is just their day jobs, <laughs> just to make the make themselves, you know, go about their regular lives. They they don't want to do this. They have to do this. Otherwise, there's like, oh, we have no power anymore yeah. and it's just it's really 
don't know, it's, at some points it's just really interesting just to think of just how purely original it was. Because yeah. in, in our world of franchises and adaptations and, and stuff that we live in now, it's just the amount of original content is waning. Yeah. True. So seeing something like Monsters Incorporated, which is in itself an exploration of like what it means to be a friend and just seeing these people. And then, like we were saying, John Goodman, like, oh, here's a monster, but we're going to get the most lovable voice possible to voice him. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Tom Hanks all over again, but even more so. Because, mm -hmm. like, John Goodman, granted, John Goodman has played has played villains. Oh, yeah. that Cloverfield movie. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Also, Kevin Smith's Red State was insane. Mm. I was going to think of a kid's movie, The Borrowers. Oh. <laughs> oh. Man, I wonder what that says about us three, <laughs> where our heads went. <laughs> I went straight horror. Yeah. Yeah. Straight horror, you know, sci-fi, thriller. And, children's and children's movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah that's a movie i haven't seen for ages but Same. still it's just like yeah john goodman many faces mm -hmm. but he definitely when you put him in a voice actor role he is lovable yeah yeah i he mean he also played a villain when he played vice principal claiborne oh uh, yeah community in community oh yeah <laughs> he had a ponytail <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through some stuff. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, gotta love those TV show guest stars. Yeah. So good. Betty White in that show, too. Betty White was good, yeah. That show itself is just perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and then getting Billy Crystal. Like, we went over the uh, how Billy Crystal accepted the role for this one as well before in our Toy Story episode. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, putting those two next to each other is just good things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, definitely a good showcasing of what a strong friendship could, is. Mm -hmm. Like, what, it's not always going to be perfect. Yeah. Occasion occasionally, somebody will put themselves or their needs over the other. And it's mm -hmm. important to still be there for that person, even though they're going through some stuff. Yeah. And not like still being there for that person. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's really what true friendship is. I mean, I definitely have seen that like, like sometimes I've, I've had friendships where it's like one sided where one person's trying to do everything possible for the other person and they're not going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Mike and Sully, they're roommates, they're work colleagues, they do everything together, they look out for each other, they even make fun of each other, you know. Oh, they're under the name Googly Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, but that's, I mean, that that is probably one of the strongest just pure friendships that we've, seen so far at least yeah and the other focus, than like timon and pumba yeah it's another <laughs> yeah. one where the focus isn't on romance which is yeah nice. yeah it's like toy story <laughs> there's 
side things about that, mm-hmm. but the focus is yeah. friendship. Yeah. So that's that's what I was talking about with the Toy Story as well, is that Pixar does buddy movies yeah. really well. Yeah. And also, just added added side note, Mike Wazowski doesn't really know how to do romance 100% because he was also <laughs> planning on doing a monster truck rally after the restaurant. Oh, it's true, but... Maybe in their world that is romantic, though. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, personally, I would love to go to a monster truck rally for a date. <laughs> that sounds great. For a romantic after birthday thing? Sure. Okay. All right, then I stand corrected. It was just th- this is one of the fir- one of the first times I actually noticed that he said that line. That he's just like, oh, I'm taking her to a monster truck rally afterwards. He's <laughs> just like, okay. I think it's also just the joke that it's a monster truck rally. Ah, uh, mm. see, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So another thing I want to talk about in this is um, sort of the incorporated side of it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this movie you see for the good of the company is is like a line that you hear a couple of times. Like, oh, this will kill the co- what? What will do this to what will happen to the company? What will do this? But then it's just like, but what is the cost of saving the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're literally taking children and subjecting them to torture mm-hmm. after, later on. Like, that is, not, like, when you stop and, like, take a moment and think about it, that's just, like, what is going on? And, unfortunately, that's also a lot of what the, like, that's actually, like, a real-world thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, these corporations that do a cost-benefit analysis of fixing something or paying off the accidents like yeah. the costs of human life on in order to maintain themselves yeah yeah like it's it's not a good thing well water news is basically willing to literally kill the kids like sucking the screams out of them like yeah. i yeah. don't imagine they come out of that well so yeah and, and like that's another thing i was going to talk about is like the concept of the scream machine is like sucking the last drop out of a dying industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like I don't know, drilling for oil where there's no more, where there's barely any more oil. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of concept. Oh yeah, instead the of whole, trying to figure out another way, the and, whole scream power industry mm-hmm. is very relevant to the mm-hmm. world and like the hunt yeah. for finding the best source of energy that's going to mm-hmm. do the least harm. Yeah, and I understand the plot points of it being, like, how have they, nobody's ever thought about laughter, but personally, I think in a way it's because nobody ever bothered to even consider, or even if some kid did laugh, they didn't try to take it into account. So... A child laughed and all the electricity surged because of too much power. And they're like, yeah, it's probably nothing. <laughs> Sometimes people can be very set in their ways and not and not be look into things. I guess. That's like that's just something that can happen mm-hmm. if, if you're not looking at it or not I- intuitive enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
yeah, that, like that's just some of those those thoughts that that I've been having with this one. And then also there's the uh, the added little little uh, boo moment of standing up to your monster. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, hands down. One of the best moments in the movie is just Boo standing up to Randall and is just hilarious and and awesome at all at the same time. Then you also get like the the classic meme of like oh how you know when a small person tries to act tough and it's Boo just like Rah! yeah <laughs> uh, love those. Um oh a uh, final thing to I want to talk about is uh. The score for this movie mm. is Does have a good score. so good. Oh yeah, 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 so good. Yeah, like and like the laugh floor score, like when they're setting up for getting to work, it just feels like, hey, this is a busy workplace. This is almost like like a Charlie Chaplin mm. workplace kind of thing that you could feel, yeah. like for that kind of workplace of like big industrial, just everybody getting to work, doing things. Everybody knows what they're doing and just yeah. hammer it all, all out. And Randy Newman is just awesome. And then you also had that opening with like the doors and stuff, like mm-hmm. with the sax, yeah. with so much saxophone. Yeah, the <laughs> theme of the movie. Like yeah. you hear that music and you know it's Monsters Inc. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That is my deep dive. On to Sarah with fun facts and trivia. Yeah. All right. Um, first fun fact, which I may have shared when we talked about Billy Crystal before, but um, I love him, <laughs> and I have a very big crush on him, so I love anything to do with him. So I'm just always gonna love Monsters Inc. stuff. Forgot about the crush. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to facts about the movie. Uh, Pixar actually came up with the ideas for Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, Wally, and a Bug's Life over a lunch meeting in 1994. Wow, Wally yeah. included. I, yeah. I remember hearing about that in like one Dang. of the first like trailers or announcements for Wally. Yeah, where because that was the final one. Yeah, yeah, they're just all hanging out, chatting about movies, and came up with a bunch of great ideas. And they're all super original. Can you imagine like, being at that table, like and listening yeah, to these fly geniuses? On the wall? Like, oh, yeah. so cool. I bet they had really good catering. Oh, probably. It's a diner. It's a pie. You know, diners are delicious. Yeah. I yeah. love a diner. Din- diner pie, awesome. Uh, Boo is voiced by one of the story artist's daughters. Her name is Mary Gibbs. Um, they were actually going to use the filmmakers to voice Boo. They were just going to do it themselves. Um, but that didn't make sense. She's a little girl. She was also going to be six originally, but they found it was better with, like the more innocent toddler mm. rather than a six-year-old. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they had to find a kid to play her, and Rob Gibbs, one of the story artists, had a little girl that was around Boo's age. And since she was so young, they had to get creative to record her because she's literally just a toddler. Um, so they, the girl who played her, Mary Gibbs, later on in an interview said, they would follow me around the recording studio, use puppets to talk to me, have my mom tickle me or take money or candy away from me to make me laugh and cry. All real emotions. <laughs> so it's not like she's following a script or anything. Like, they're just recording her being a kid. Well, yeah, the, the gibberish that she talked to, that, or talked, uh, talked, 
in that movie is, yeah. I yeah, that is legit toddler gibberish. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can't understand. Yeah, I don't understand most of what Daisy says to me, but it makes sense to her. Yeah. Um, and in a Reddit AMA, Mary Gibbs said that the song that she sings when she's going to the bathroom, uh, she said, they told me to sing and I started singing Wheels on the Bus, but they couldn't use any actual songs because of copyright issues. So they had her babble and sing random words for a few hours and just took out the parts they liked the best. <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking up fun facts and trivia, like all the lists I looked at said this, except one of them was like, did you know the song she sings is Beauty and the Beast? I was like, mm. doesn't sound like it. It doesn't. And also every other source I looked at says this from a quote from her. So yeah, I think the people probably listened to it and thought, oh, that sounds like it could be. Let's make it a fun fact. But anyways, mm-hmm. very interesting. So we were talking about Sully's hair earlier. He has more than 2.3 million strands of hair. Um, and it took 12 hours to animate one frame when they first tried to animate each hair. So they had to do something no one had done before and they changed 3D animation forever. Because technology wasn't advanced enough, they developed a new program called Fizzt. I haven't said that out loud yet. F-I-Z-T. Uh, to automate the movements of Sully's fur. So it's just hmm. brand new program. Just like Zach said, they just create new things. Wow. So, mm-hmm. but 2.3 million strands of fur. That's insane. Like, yeah, no wonder the, it looks so good. The biggest leap in a hair uh, animation until Tangled. Yeah, it's so good. Did Tangled even have specific hair animation? But well, it was just, has, like, basic well, stuff. For the length of her hair, it do you required... Really, do uh, you need to create new things to draw longer hair? Yeah, it required an entire new new program mm. her hair is pretty impressive mm-hmm. interesting oh. um randy newman won his first oscar for this movie for the film's closing song if i didn't have you mm-hmm. and, oh, i love that song john goodman and billy crystal just singing together it's great oh it's hilarious yeah um randy newman had previously been nominated 15 times in the best score and best song categories but this is the one that got him the win Good for him. That's good. Good for him. Yeah. About it's, time. Yeah, it's interesting to me that this is the one that got him the win because I love it, but I do think there are other ones that are better. But I guess yeah. it also just depends what they're up against. Yeah. Yeah, like um, for uh, Toy Story, he was up against Pocahontas. Hmm. That's pretty so, tough competition. <laughs> or was it? Po- yeah, I think it was Pocahontas. Ninety four. Yeah. No, ninety four is Lion King. Yeah. Um, it, uh, Toy Story is ninety six. Oh, right. Uh, Harryhausen's, the restaurant Mike takes Celia on a date to, is named after Ray Harryhausen, the legendary special effects artist known for creating monsters for films like Clash of the Titans and Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, all those uh, right. all those skeletons and stuff in Jason and the Argonauts, that was him for the claymation. That's pretty sweet. He was insanely talented. Yeah. I had to watch Clash of the Titans for something once. I don't remember what it was. And the only thing I remember about watching it is when it got to the one scene that's in the Malcolm in the Middle uh, opening Uh. credits. I was like, hey, that's from Malcolm in the Middle. (laughs) Obviously, the other way around. But I never knew that that's what that was from. Um, 
Sully's terrified reaction of what he thinks is Boo going through a trash compactor is a direct reference to Chuck Jones' classic short, Feed the Kitty. They're, like, copying the reactions of the character in that. <laughs> yeah, just, like, a little call back to it. Uh, Boo's cool. toy collection is a treasure trove of Pixar Easter eggs, I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. noticed. She has Luxo yeah. Ball, Jesse from Toy Story 2, and Nemo from Finding Nemo, which was, of course, released after Monsters, Inc. And also there's a there's a sheet with her character's name on it. Yeah. That's not part yeah. of her toy box, though. Yeah. But that's, uh, her. they named her after the, the, act, the voice actress. Yeah. Mary. Yeah, when she's drawing pictures at Mike and Zoli's house, we see her name on the piece of paper um bill murray was pixar's first choice for sully but he didn't answer their calls <laughs> but you that know sounds like bill murray That's i a think it's thing to do yeah that was for the best i think mm-hmm. um mike wazowski has cameos in finding nemo cars wally and toy story 3 so well, i guess we can do watching nemo well, i guess we're gonna have to watch for it when we get there oh mike wazowski not billy crystal okay. no mike wazowski Okay, okay. Well, then that's different. Yeah. John Goodman and Billy Crystal recorded their lines together, which is obviously rare. Usually you record your lines separately. Mm -hmm. But Billy Crystal told Dark Horizons, I did the first two sessions alone and I didn't like it. It was lonely and it was frustrating. And John Goodman told BBC, when Billy and I got together, the energy just went through the roof. So it was great. So most of the time, actors record their lines separately when they're voicing animated characters, but the decision to put Billy and John in the same room made the movie one that so many people love. Like, oh yeah, so good. I, I love it when they do that. Yeah. Like, there there's one movie that they did, like, a lot of it and was, like, improvised. And um, it was another a- animated from DreamWorks, uh, Road to El Dorado. Mm. Oh, yeah. Where they had Kevin Klein and Kenneth Brogna just in a room together. Nice. And... Those are two characters. Yeah. yeah. So it led to a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, I remember that movie. <laughs> they talk about recording together on the I Hear Voices podcast. That's Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, and she was in school when they were making the show. So she was always so frustrated because they would all record in one place together and she had to record her lines alone. And I was like, man... That would really suck. Because everybody's having so much fun together and she's like off by herself. But I feel like... save the world. Yeah, I feel like recording together would be just so much fun. It's so much easier because then you can watch people play off of your lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, each monster in the film is unique, but a lot of them actually have one thing in common. They have the same tongue. Oh. Mm. Yeah, 90% of the monsters have the same tongue as Mike. Okay. They just reused uh, the animation for that because there was a lot of animation. Who would notice? In. Yeah. Who cares? Well, yeah. Um, it says each character had to be modeled on the computer, which is like the CGI version of sculpting. So they just were like, here's a tongue. Here's the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, director Pete Doctor is a huge Muppet fan. So he mm. had to work with a Muppeteer for the movie. Frank Oz voices a character in the movie. Oh, nice. Do we know which character? Yep. I will let you know shortly. All right. I have a couple fun facts left, and then we'll get into the cast. I was just curious to see if you would know. Uh, I would. Did I didn't know, know that Frank yeah. Oz was that. Is he like, I wonder if he's like the minion. 
we will get to it. Uh, there are about 5.7 million doors in the door vault. So they animated There's a lot of doors. A lot of doors, yeah. And they always managed to come out like two rows away from the door they needed. Yep, pretty lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Pete Doctor, the rec- director, told Jeff Goldsmith on his creative writing podcast, My idea was that what it was about was a 30-year-old man who was like an accountant or something. He hates his job, and one day he gets a book with some drawings in it that he did when he was a kid from his mom. He doesn't think anything of it, and he puts it on the shelf, and that night his monsters show up, and nobody else can see them. He thinks he's starting to go crazy, they follow him to his job and on his dates, and it turns out these monsters are fears that he never dealt with as a kid, and each one of them represents a different kind of fear. As he conquers those fears, the guys who he slowly becomes kind of friends with disappear. It's this bittersweet kind of ending where they go away, and so not much of that stayed. So, obviously, they completely changed the storyline. But... Hmm. They could still use that for something yeah. else. I think they could I actually did make that a little into... bit in Inside Out. Yeah, I think they could make that into something pretty fun, probably. Yeah. Um, but he came up with the film that we got after he became a parent. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yep. Oh, childhood. Yeah. And <laughs> now, moving into our cast, John Goodman as Sully. He's also in The Princess and the Frog, Cars, The Emperor's New Groove. And the Jungle Book 2. Oh. He's Baloo in the Jungle Book 2. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Billy Crystal, Mike, he is in Cars. I believe both of them are car versions of the yeah, monsters. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the end credits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Mary Gibbs as Boo is also in Inside Out as additional voices. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Steve Buscemi as Randall. Uh and he is also in Elena of Avalor and Home on the Range. Hmm. So there you go. James Coburn is Waternoose, and he's also in Snow Dogs. <laughs> I did know that one. Yeah. Snow Dogs. Yeah. Je- yeah. Jennifer Tilly, Sylvia, Haunted Mansion. Oh. Yeah. Um, and, and she's also uh, in Home on the Range. Oh, I didn't see that one. I was scrolling through fairly quickly, though, so I must have missed it. Hmm. Um, Bob Peterson is the voice of Roz. He's also the voice of Doug in Up. <laughs> He's also so, in a bunch of shorts. He's in Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. He's in Cars, The Incredibles, Toy Story 3. Is he one of, like, the creative staff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, John Ratzenberger. Is I'm not going to go into <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go into that. His whole yeah, list. we don't need to. Um, That's he's another in all really of good them. character for him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's the Yeti. He's great. Uh, Frank Oz. Look at that. We're all out of snow cones. <laughs> yeah. Frank Oz is Fungus, the minion. Called it! Yeah. He's also in Star Wars, which technically falls under the Disney umbrella. And sure. he's in Inside Out. Hmm. And then Daniel Gerson is Needleman and Smitty, the janitor's don't have anything else of note and then bonnie hunt is flint and we've talked about bonnie hunt before because she's in a lot of pixar movies yeah. yeah there you go cool okay just as an added note this is our season finale Mm-hmm. yeah so this will be episode 12 for us so 12 is how many months there are in a year 
One no. whole year of making a Disney fan. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so I'm going to ask favorite musical moment for this. Uh, Brandon. Are there even musical moments in this movie? There are with the scores and stuff and like the opening or the or even the the credit song with uh with oh yeah i would say the credit song then i guess that counts mm-hmm. just because it's billy crystal and john goodman like singing to each other i think that's really funny yeah mm-hmm. but yeah if that counts then that's my answer oh yeah I, any I, it part counts. of it I, yeah credit songs i would count mm-hmm. especially with song disney. by yeah especially with disney i mean like like when you add in the credit songs you get michael bolton that's true well and disney always has a special credit song Mm-hmm. With the musicals, usually it's like a popular band re-recording like the song of the movie. But yep, yeah, hmm. yeah, like oh, here's Celine Dion singing "Beauty and the Beast." Nice. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Sarah, are you? I love both credit songs, the opening and the closing. Because mm-hmm. like the opening, that is Monsters Inc. Yeah, that music is just so fun. Like, sometimes they play it over the sound system at Toys R Us, which I spend a lot of time at. Uh, And it's just, like, it's fun. And it brings up the good energy of the movie. But also, John Goodman and Billy Crystal singing a buddy song together. Can't go wrong. So, both of those for me. I love the part in that song where it's just like, why are you singing my part? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, I'm going to say that i actually really enjoy like the getting to work score mm-hmm. where it's just like it, i don't know it just, it just feels like just get in the mood for it for it and just sets the scene really well yeah i just really enjoy that all right um least favorite moment uh brandon um i would say my least favorite moment hmm <laughs> I think probably, I don't know. It's hard to put a least favorite on this one. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what would be, I think, honestly, the thing that annoys me the most, I'll say, I'll make that my least favorite moment, the thing that annoys me the most is that Boo laughed multiple times before it came important, (laughs) before it became important. Mm -hmm. Like, I just genuinely feel like... They just they're just like oh yeah also her laughs do things now and like it didn't before mm-hmm. okay i think that's just generally the most annoying part of the movie mm-hmm. um for me i definitely think that my least favorite was the moment where boo got scared of my of of sully and it's just like mm. oh, oh oh poor boo yeah <sighs> so sad just like her like her look of terror and it's just like, like, I I I've seen that look on a child. It is, it's, hmm. it's not nice. Yeah. Um, Sarah. Same. I don't like that part either. It yeah. makes, definitely makes me sad. Also, just at the current stage of my life, I don't like the scary part of the beginning because Daisy is just ridiculous with it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Fair. Also, funny story. Uh, my kid's mom. Uh, they she got like bawling her eyes out 
when uh, Sully uh, had to say goodbye to Boo. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was, but when she saw it, like, Evangeline was around that age. And so, yeah, she got super emotional. Yeah. That. Like she was just like bawling her eyes out because yeah. like couldn't stop for like twenty minutes because it was so she was just so caught up in the moment. Mm. So it's just a funny thing to think about now. Yeah. It's like yep, yep. Mums of toddlers could or parents of toddlers could get really sad at the goodbye scene. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like Kitty has to go. Yeah, just like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh on to our most favorite moment. Uh Brandon? Uh I would say where Sully scares Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the most badass Sully looks the whole movie and that kid finally learns some damn consequences for coming to the monster world. Like she deserved to get scared at least once on that trip and I think that was that was it. So that's 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 it. That's my favorite part of the movie. Okay, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> we will accept your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Sarah, what's your most favorite part? It's so hard to pick because I just love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I Hi, like Wazowski. I like Sleepy Boo. Like, when she's in their apartment and she's getting sleepy and, like, they have to, like, get her to follow yeah. the cereal and then yeah. she's in his bed and she laughs and then just passes out. Like, it's all just very so realistic. So many gifts from that. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like, I like all of that. And the, the, the tired booze just like, yeah. Oh, and also just the very end when he gets the door put back together and you just mm. see him look inside and she says his name and he lights up. That's pretty Yeah, cool that's too. a really great, good moment. Um, I'm going to say my favorite moment. I'm going to say my kid's favorite moment. Okay. Uh, my favorite moment is when Boo stands up to Randall because mm. it's just so good. So, such a good payoff. Yeah. Um, my kid's favorite moment is the garbage scene. When they, they do the trash compactor? Yeah. <laughs> they think it's the funniest thing like ever. Like Sully in the scene Yeah, Sully's okay. reactions and stuff. Yeah. And just like how ridiculous the crunching and stuff and just like him fainting at every, every you know, three seconds. Mm-hmm. You should track down that short that it's based on and show them that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's just, yeah. I literally, I had it in the van while we were driving and I could just hear the, like, hysterical laughter at that point. Mm-hmm. It's just so good uh lights up my life <laughs> okay so now on to uh letter grade uh i'm gonna start off with sarah for a letter grade uh, this movie gets an a from me i love it i wouldn't give it an a plus i don't think it's a perfect movie but mm-hmm. i i don't get tired of it which is good considering how many times stacy has watched it but yeah that is saying something uh, Brandon. Um, I I think it's really funny. Like I think there are some really good points. Um, I like the cast. Uh, the score is really good. Um, I do think, however, though, like the storyline is pretty, 
pretty iffy or like one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And then so are its villains. It's incredibly like of course Steve Buscemi. They the don't villain. try to hide who the villains are, and it just makes the story just fall a little flat for me. Like there's no complexity to either the storyline or the villains. I feel like. Um, so I'm gonna give it. So I'd I would I would give it a B. But I'm going to minus it because after watching it, I am like slightly more upset that we got Monsters U. Mm. And I feel like that was a dumb move. Like why? Like that's I just that doesn't feel like the story we want uh, coming out of it. So but, I'm going to give it a minus B minus. OK, so you're putting that because of the sequel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because of how it makes me feel, <laughs> because I can't I can't change the fact that the sequel exists now, so I have to judge it in a capacity with which I know it exists. And now that I know it exists, this movie sets up a movie that doesn't even come. That's why it gets a minus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I really enjoy this movie. It makes me laugh. It gives me so gives me feels, and the characters are really good. The animation is good. The score is good. Um, seeing a toddler accurately being represented in animation is good. So I'm gonna agree with Sarah. I'm gonna give this one a solid A. Mm-hmm. So overall, um, A minus average. It's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Considering it's a non non Toy Story property, yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that is our episode, uh, our uh, season finale episode, of course. Mm-hmm. Join us next time as we continue to torture Brandon with the classics. With next time, it is Bambi. Oh. However, before we get to that, we will be doing a special season finale celebration episode. Yes, Ooh. we will. And it is exciting for me because we will have a special guest. Apparently, we like to bring my family into the podcast, but we will be featuring my father. Uh, Topic to be determined. But speaking of my father, uh, he actually sent in a message to us about our special episode on Brandon's birthday. So for you listeners, that came out a while ago. For us, it came out a couple weeks ago because we do record these episodes ahead of time. Decently in advance. Yeah. So, but he sent in this after listening to the wrestling episode. He said, just listened to the wrestling special. That was a lot of fun. I'm a former wrestling fan from two different eras. In high school, we all watched AWA wrestling. Da Crusher was everybody's favorite. Other big names were Vern Gagne. Gagne. Okay. Mad Dog Vachon. I should have had you read this. (laughs) Nick Bockwinkle, Billy Robinson, Jesse Ventura, Mr. Perfect, and of course, Andre the Giant. I got into it again later with the rise of the WWF and Hulk Hogan's early heyday. My favorite, though, for sure, was Rowdy Roddy Piper. My switch being a former wrestling fan was not dramatic. (laughs) With the rise of TSN and the availability of much more hockey and football than we used to have simply meant I had enough time to watch. Enough to watch with my favorite sports, no time to waste on secondary sports. I gradually shifted from watching all sports to only watching hockey, football, and soccer. So it's nice. My dad sends us feedback quite often, but this was... Uh, to our actual Instagram page, so thanks, Dad. 
Uh, he yeah. also did influence me. I love football. Uh, he didn't influence me into wrestling, <laughs> but at least one good sport. Um, but yeah, so we will have a very special episode coming your way soon to celebrate one whole year of this podcast. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yes, our next episode will be that, and then we'll be torturing Brandon with Bambi. Yeah. And that'll be very entertaining to see his reactions to that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All in season two. <laughs> All right. So, uh, back to you, Sarah. Where can they reach us? You can, like my father did, reach us on Instagram at makingadizzyfan.pod. Please follow, like, share, comment, DM us, whatever you want to do. Pigeon. Carrier Pigeon is not in Instagram. You sure? But separately from that, please feel free. Um, <laughs> we are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify where you can give us a listen, give us a rating, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, truly. Um, so yeah, please connect with us. We love it when you do. Yeah. All right. Until next time, I have been Zach. TTFN. Ta-ta for now. I've been Brandon. Help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Goodbye, everybody. And I'm Sarah. Just keep swimming. All of our artwork is created by Becca Riley. You can go find her on Instagram at Becca Riley Art, spelled B-E-C-C-A-R-E-I-L-L-Y Art. Our theme song was written and performed by Marcus Beveridge. You can listen to more of his music on Instagram at Marcus.and.sarah.music, performing alongside me, your favorite Making a Disney fan lady. We hope you'll come back for our next episode soon. We'll throw in some fireworks sound effects or something. Yeah. I think he meant we'll just he'll those. make a sound effect for yeah. it in, yeah. rather than your yeah. voice. But my sounds are awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Making a Disney Fan. We hope to see you next time. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.